Broadcasting live, live from the Go Live Vegas studios in the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas. It's time now for the Twin Brothers from Different Mothers, the fastest growing podcast in the nation. New Jersey native Aaron Phillips is the voice of Las Vegas and an inductee into the Las Vegas Entertainment Hall of Fame. And Boston native Neil Portnoy is an internationally recognized artist and illustrator with his acclaimed studio in the heart of Las Vegas. Together, they are the twin brothers from different mothers. Hey everybody, we're back. We're back better than ever because people can hear us now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can hear all of us. What yes. a change. Wow, well, we apologize. Yes, Johnny's back on. I'm, I'm back. here. We're all back. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out there. Uh, so I want to give a special thanks. She sent a message, uh, Suzanne Tisdale, specific in saying that we're waiting for you to come back. So she is out there with us. We thank you. Please reshare us, uh, and, and we're good to go. Now, uh, while we were dark there for a few minutes, believe it or not, we actually got a phone call, Neil, uh, that it, it, a famous celebrity. Okay, um, we don't have a phone screener, so I could not verify it. Other than us? Other than us, yes, Tremendous. we are celebrities in our own mind. I mean, we do have mugs. Um, so what I'd like to do, because of the three of us, the most professional, if you want to put it in that way, is our buddy Johnny. And if it's okay with you, I would like Johnny to handle this interview with that guest. Absolutely. Okay? All right, so Johnny, the mic is yours. All right. Now it's time for Celebrity Spotlight, featuring the voice chameleon, Don Tercini. Well, you know, guys, we've got a very special guest, like Aaron uh, uh, mentioned uh, in the call-in segment. And he's calling from the Overlook Hotel, the Overlook Hotel in the heart of the Colorado Rockies. Um, it's, it's Jack Nicholson. So, Jack, how are you? How are you handling the COVID-19 quarantine? Always oh, typing. Hello, Johnny, Aaron, Neil. How the hell are you? Well, let me tell you. You want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Truth is, it's kind of getting to me a little. Feels like I'm kind of going around in a maze. Well, Jack, are you able to have any fun at all doing anything? No, I can't go anywhere. And all quarantined and no play makes Jack a dull boy and a little crazy. Well, tell us about the place where you're all holed up, the Overlook Hotel. What's it about? Well, I'll tell you, Johnny. It's a shining example of a serene COVID-19 quarantine scene. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Listen, this old hotel brings back memories. What's that, Wendy? 
What do I want to drink? I'll have a little red rum. Uh, okay, wow. Well, any words of advice you can share with our listening audience and how to handle the lockdown? Any ideas how to pass the time with, say, your family? What are you doing? Well, one of the things we like to do is play hide-and-seek, Johnny. You know, come out, come out wherever you are. Just make sure you have a good axe in case you need to get through any doors. I'm just kidding, of course. Everybody do your part. Support those on the front line. And when this is over, wait till they get a load of me. Well, thanks so much for your time, Jack. Make sure to come and see us in Vegas. All right, you little bastard, I will. I love Vegas. See you, Neil. Take care, Aaron. Viva Las Vegas, baby. This has been Celebrity Spotlight with Don Tercini, sponsored in part by Birdland Productions. Be sure to tune in each week as we put the spotlight on some of the world's biggest names. Wow, wow. What a way to kick off that. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, yeah. He's, he's not doing a whole lot. right. He's typing. He's writing a, some kind of a manifesto, he said. Jeez. How many people have I missed in the five weeks I haven't oh, been you, here? I mean, Jack, who else was here? Uh, you don't want... We had Sylvester Stallone called in a few weeks back. Oh, wow. Uh, a couple other people. But you see, you have to tune in and watch all these other shows to see. All right. We were up against a quick, quick, quick break. 30 seconds. And we come back on the other side... Our real, real celebrity will be joining us. Our guest will be coming up. Ron Alexenberg, music maestro, if there ever was one, will be joining us live right here in 30 seconds. Tell all your friends. We'll be right back. THD is a cosplayer with two things on his mind, to get fit and to have fun. Now you can do with Living Danger Fitness. Through Living Danger Fitness, you'll train with a superhero to be a superhero. Using the timeless techniques of training, including Muay Thai and fitness kickboxing, you'll learn the healthy fitness habits of your favorite characters. You'll be in the best shape of your life while enjoying the fun and excitement of living your character. To find out more, email THD at theherodrowslv at gmail.com. Live your character. All right, welcome back to the show. I am Aaron Phillips, Neil Portnoy, Johnny Bird on the couch, Aaron E. pushing the buttons to make us all sound great. With that, folks, without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce a gentleman. You know, he's got a long resume, quite frankly, but really all you have to say is a couple of things to, to really appreciate what he's done, Neil. Number one, I don't know, he signed a musician that we might have heard of a little bit by the name of uh, Michael Jackson, and we'll get more into that. He's also worked with groups such as uh, Heart, The Beach Boys, Chicago, Spyro Gyro, Meatloaf, Boston, Jeff Beck, and Kansas. Soon, hopefully, Johnny Bird as well will be added <laughs> to that list. Please welcome to the show, Ron Alexenberg. Ron, thank you for coming and joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to meet new people at a time when uh, we have to reunite ourselves with everybody. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> By the way, I want to let our audience know our call-in line is right there at the bottom of the screen. 702-660-7666. Neil, let's get started. Uh, I just wanted to throw another name in that, that uh, Ron found, signed, uh, dear to our hearts here in Las Vegas and across the country, Clint Holmes. Yes. That's an amazing story. <laughs> yeah, why don't you share that story? How did you find Clint? Tell us the backstory on it. Well, in New York, when I took over Epic Records, I went from Columbia on the 12th floor to Epic on the 13th floor, and nobody welcomed me up at Epic because I was the enemy downstairs, sure. being the head of promotion of Columbia for all those years. 
And uh, living on Long Island, uh, I knew a young man that uh, was in the harness racing business, raising horses. Shall we say his last name ended in a vowel, and he was a little bit of a <laughs> wise guy. And he uh, came into my office very upset, and he said, uh, you've got an A&R man, artist and repertoire, working for you that is very rude, and he really didn't want to listen to this record that I put together. And he said, you're running the company. And I said, well, I'll be happy to listen to it. I listened to it. And prior to that, uh, a wonderful man, God rest his soul, Jim Henson, had come to me with a finished album. And he said, uh, what do you think of Sesame Street? And I said, what do I think of it? Every morning before my kids go to school, they turn on this song that I can't get out of my head called Rubber Ducky. Oh. And... Yeah, and we decided that then to test the strength of Columbia Records and release it as the single because I just thought Big Bird would come to the convention, which he did in the Bahamas. And I announced in between a Santana single, a Chicago single, and a Barbara Streisand single that was being released. Here's a new record called Rubber Ducky. And they looked at me like I was nuts. And we threw out 1,400 yellow rubber ducks. Wow. And it became a big hit. And I said, well, this record would also appeal to the younger audience called Playground on My Mind. And uh, he said, do you want it? I said, yeah, sure. You got an album? He goes, yeah, he hands me the album. And it was one of the first master purchases that I made as the head of Epic. Well, thanks to Neil Portney and uh, his wonderful wife, Dorothy, somehow uh, Vinny, uh, another new friend, although he and I have known each other for close to 50 years, I hadn't seen him. I said, have Clint give me a call because I think it's time for him to learn how he ended up having a hit record. Uh, and the biggest song, I guess, of his career. And sure enough, Clint called me last week. It's the first time we had spoken in over 40 years. And I told him the story how when the record was played in my office, I sent my secretary downstairs to promote it because that's what I think I still am, a promotion man. And uh, she came up with $100 worth of nickels. And Johnny, you can remember... The first line, my name is Michael. I got a nickel. And I said, I want every promotion person, man and woman, that worked with me, 21 of them, to go into radio. And for the first time ever, CBS, which not get involved in payola, brought a roll of nickels and this dub into the radio stations. And that's how it got promoted. And Clint just, when he did an acoustic version of the video, that I just saw recently, it put tears in my eyes and a phenomenal memory. So that's what the music business for the past 57 years has meant to me. Hey Ron, not only did Clint just re-record it, and I told you as well as Clint, I had called him that night, that I thought it was better than the original one because he has become so much better. But he also posted another video with, you know, Playground in my mind, where they used little kids throughout the video. It was brilliantly done, and it was just like the rubber ducky thing, except he had the kids and Clint singing. Well, you also know that uh, 
having four grandchildren, and that's why I moved to this, I got to be nice, this state of California. <laughs> uh, and we came out here for them. Um, I was fortunate enough, as you were kind enough to mention Michael, uh, which is uh, the icon of my career, I guess, in signing. Uh, I gave a uh, interview the other day about um, his song that he wrote with Lionel Richie, and I said, if anybody has uh, any energy right now, let's record uh, that song with children. Let's do all the children. We are the children of the world. And uh, we're in the midst right now of putting kids together to sing that song and put that video together. And mm -hmm. I think that every entertainer that you have in Vegas, that you're doing a marvelous job with the song alone, lets the kids there sing that song, We Are the World, because they are the future. And trying to explain this to my four grandkids is not easy. Johnny? Yeah, um, it, the, I had a chance to talk with Ron uh, earlier in the week, and I, I, I sat there for, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 minutes and just popped the popcorn and listened to this master storyteller walk me through the history of music through his eyes, and it was, it was amazing. And I, I, I asked him, as he's telling the story, do you sit back and listen as a listener or is, are you too ensconced into the stories because you're part of them that, uh, that, that you're more the storyteller or the listener? Um. Well, I can only tell you that since I saw Vinny with my daughter at his magnificent show, he introduces me to Neil. Neil introduces me to you. Neil introduces me to Dennis Blair, who I also... I'm excited about. And Rochelle said to me, my wife, after 54 years of marriage, we're not going to move again, are we? I'm going, what are you talking about? She said, well, recently you've got three people you're working with now for in Vegas. Uh, Darius Campo is a violinist who lives there that I'd love you to have on your podcast one day because the man is brilliant. He's probably one of the most recorded artists ever, over 2,000 cast albums he's recorded on as a violinist. And uh, I'm working with him. And when I heard the song, I Miss You, George Jones, I, uh, I said, wait a minute. That is Blair. I've got somebody who's at the top of the list as a mensch. I think everybody understands that word. His name is Charlie Daniels. So I sent it to Charlie who's at home at 83. He booked 130 dates this year. And I said, there's a song I'd like you to think of recording called I Miss You, George Jones, coming from an icon like him. And there's the song, okay? So my life has been around singer-songwriters and it continues on. And Neil, with his brilliance, and I do have five orders for the mugs. I'm trying <laughs> to get more, Neil. Uh, you know, but somebody said, why do I want a mug with your face on it? And I'm going, well, how about my wife? Okay. So I may have you do my grandchildren and therefore everybody will want. Well, now I guess with all the, the names that he's just thrown out there, I guess we might as well tell him he's got a, a Las Vegas entertainer, hall of famer, radio MC voice guy yeah, added to yeah. the mix too. You know that my well, uh, my co-host here, Aaron Phillips, is in the Las Vegas Entertainers Hall of Fame uh, with the voice. Been a staple here in Vegas for 
25 plus years. Am I correct? 24, 25? I've been here in town that long, but in yeah. 15 years come October behind the mic. Yeah. Behind the mic. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we keep growing the brand Aaron Phillips, the voice. Well, that's not the only Hall of Famer on the show today. Ron, tell us about yes. your Hall of Fame induction. Is 2012, is that right? Yeah, you did your homework, Jerry. <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a group on Long Island called the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. And it's got over 100 inductees. And I'm very proud to say that I'm the only board member that they inducted. But uh, I was inducted by Charlie Daniels. He flew to New York. And it was really the first inductee is my dear friend, Billy Joel. And uh, I have to put in a little note for Billy. He just donated a half a million dollars to Long Island Cares, which is feeding Long Island people that are unfortunate. He also bought freezers. And it's an amazing group of people that uh, has Neil Diamond and Barbara Streisand. And it's from the five boroughs of Long Island, New York. And uh, I'm very honored to have been asked to be a board member. We do a gala every two years, and uh, we now are inducting sidemen who are overlooked so many times in that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which you don't want me to get into that one. But <laughs> uh, <clears throat> as long as they keep people like uh, Neil Sadaka and others like him, um, Tommy James, out of the, it should be called the Music Hall of Fame and then I'll endorse it. But the Long Island Music Hall of Fame is just, Johnny, thank you for bringing that up, changing its name. It's gonna be called the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame because so many entertainers came out of that <laughs> Long Island, 108 miles long, 18 miles wide, surrounded by water. And they run out to the Hamptons for the summer and they had to pass my house. So I said, while I was living on Long Island, you got to stop and do the podcast. Hey, uh, Ron, I got it. Um, one of our listeners chimed in on our live feed here and said that uh, you should mention Michael Who, because our listeners and viewers, when you say, yeah, Michael was a person I signed, tell them Michael Who. Well, that was an interesting story. And, you know, I do have a book that is getting ready to come out called From the Warehouse to the penthouse and i'm sorry i hate interviewers that hype their own stuff but uh this is 57 years of the music business it's not about me it's full of stories i mean so many stories that thanks to my wife uh convincing me to write it and dan beck helping me write it dan is the was the head of publicity for epic i would not have this done but pulling out of the abc garage one night on my way home uh, there's a hotel in New York that uh, is right next to the ABC building. And I saw a bunch of kids standing around, and I said to the doorman, what's going on here? And he said, the Jackson 5 are in this hotel, and it's a mess. So I pulled the car over. I think the car is still running uh, in 1976. And I got to the house phone, and I picked it up, and I asked to speak to Michael Jackson. And Michael answered the phone. And I said, Michael, my name is Ronald Luxemburg. I'd like to meet you. And he said, I know who you are. And he came downstairs with his father. I'll leave that one for another interview. And, <laughs> and a lawyer named Richard Aarons, whose father was 
the head of uh, the musicians union in California. I knew who he was. And one thing led to another and I said, hey, uh, what are you guys doing for more music? And Joseph said, we haven't been paid a royalty for a while. And I said, well, in that case, you might be out of your agreement. But uh, Michael, why don't you come back to my office with me and we'll sit and listen to some music. And after three hours, I said to him, what do you want to do? And he said, someday I'd maybe like to do my own music. And I said, how about now? And he said, what? I said, how about now? And I could only approve up to a million dollars in those days, 1970s. But it worked for little groups called Boston and Meatloaf and Kansas and Hart and a few others, Jeff Beck. And I said, Michael, let me talk to your dad, your lawyer. One thing led to another. And the following Monday, we made the announcement we had to change the name from the Jackson Five to the Jacksons. And I called two buddies of mine, Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff, who, for those that don't know, they are probably the strongest independent producers that I had worked with over the years, with the likes of Jerry Butler, the OJs, the Isley Brothers, Teddy Pendergrass, and we were fortunate at Epic to sign Patti LaBelle. And I put the Jacksons on a train to Philadelphia, and that's how Going Places was recorded. Rod, let me that ask let me ask you a question real quickly, because I'm hearing all the history of, of guys you've worked for in the past, different capacities, promotions, marketing, sales, you name it. The industry's changed. We all know the industry's changed. Yes. How would you like to describe what the industry is in now, and with all of your expertise, where do you think it's going, and what would you do? to be part of that new change? Well, I'm still doing it. I'm respecting singer-songwriters, creative people, people who have been told no. Uh, I like to take a negative and make it a positive. Uh, if I were to get in my car today, what's the first thing I do? I still turn on the radio. I think anybody that has an antenna is important. And uh, I was told many times songs that I can tell you about Time of the Season by the Zombies. Sure. That we had to service five times because nobody wanted to play it. And a fabulous man named Bill Gavin from the Gavin Report said to me, Ron, no record goes to number one by itself. I have a radio station in Lincoln, Nebraska, KLMS, that took Time of the Season to number one. I think you should reservice it. And we did again. Uh, I think that uh, what has happened uh, to radio, AM radio, uh, that doesn't exist, and it should. FM radio, thanks to Tom Donahue uh, and people like him. Uh, when, when WNEW in New York took a, a cassette that I brought up there to play for them, and little did I know, Scott Muni was putting it on the air and told everybody, Johnny, and don't you do it, press the red button and play. Everything and is everything's streaming now, though, Ron, <laughs> correct? The, the stations, sure. I mean, everything but is I still, XM radio. I still, if you get to my office, you'll see album covers, not just little things that were put into CDs. Telling stories about these people, telling how they write, how they're motivated, 
it still exists. One of my dearest friends, God rest his soul, Steve Popovich, walked into my office with Meatloaf's album, and he said to me, I can't believe an album that was produced by Todd Rundgren nobody wants. Said, what are you talking about? Ron, let me Ron, let me just, if you don't mind, I have to. We have to pay a quick bill, which I know you can appreciate. Uh, pay by, those bills. Uh, exactly. By the way, thank you for mentioning WNEW because I grew up on that in my house in New Jersey because my dad listened to that every Sunday. Okay, with that, Johnny, take us away. We're going to find out a little bit about the ultimatum he gave to CBS about Michael Jackson when we come back after this break. So I want to find out about that. So stick around, folks. We'll be right back. THD is a cosplayer with two things on his mind, to get fit and to have fun. Now you can do with Living Dagger Fitness. Through Living Dagger Fitness, you'll train with a superhero to be a superhero. Using the timeless techniques of training, including Muay Thai and fitness kickboxing, you'll learn the healthy fitness habits of your favorite characters. You'll get the best shape of your life while enjoying the fun and excitement of living your character. To find out more, email THD at thehero-drowns-lv at gmail.com. Live your character. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Twin Brothers and Different Mothers. Aaron Phillips, Neil Portnoy, Johnny Bird, our stepbrothers here. There he is. Hey, listen, want to thank everybody for watching. Please reshare our feed. Of course, we are chatting this morning with the legendary, let's just call him music magician, if you will. Because I think music hall of famer. Music yeah. hall of famer. Uh, and and then the, we're going to get to the story that uh, uh, Johnny prepped here in a second. But thank you. Ron Luxemburg is here with us on remote. Again, our phone lines are open at 702-660-7666. That's 702-660-7666. And by the way, just a little cheap pop for ourselves. Check out our new website at www.twinbrothers.vegas. It is filling up fast. Okay, Johnny, let's keep our conversation going. Let's start off with where you left off. Now, Ron told me a quick story about an ultimatum looking out the window and dealing with uh, Michael Jackson. Share the story, Ron. Well... It was uh, a difficult moment. It was uh, a time when you had to fill out a deal memo. It's real simple, one piece of paper. And it had to go to the legal office and be cleared. And it had to go through the CBS ranks. And I got a phone call uh, from Walter Yetnikoff, who I reported to. And he said to me, Arthur Taylor, the president of CBS Inc., does not want to approve your Jackson's deal. Now, being a brat from the south side of Chicago and being spoiled, I didn't like anybody saying no to me. And I couldn't figure out why he would do that. And I asked for a meeting. And I left my office. I went up to the 35th floor of the CBS building. And I sat down with the president of CBS Inc., Arthur Taylor. And he said to me, you actually want to sign uh, somebody that is a cartoon act? Ron, Ron, hold on with the rest of that. We actually have a caller that just called in, and I'm sorry to mean to cut you off, but I don't want to have the, the caller hanging. Caller, thank you for calling Twin Brothers. Who are you, and thank you for calling. Hey, hey, Neil and company, uh, Live Vegas guys, and Johnny Bird, my longtime friend. Ah, I'm a Minnesota. Johnny Bird, but I love the show. I'm listening to Ron right now, and things are great. Minnesota, by the way. St. Cloud, Minnesota. This is a former broadcaster in Minnesota. In fact... Uh, when and I his went, name? You didn't give a name? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is he in witness protection or something? Yeah, it's Richie M. I don't know if he wants to give out his last name, but this guy, this oh, is the Garcia, guy. I'm one of the Garcia brothers. Yeah, this is the guy that let me come back and get into law school because I had dropped out earlier. <laughs> and it was him that I had to go through at Hamlin University 
to, uh, and I wrote a whole long letter and I said, please let me back in, please <laughs> let me back in. And here's why and here's how I, uh, how I got out and what I was going to come back. Yeah, and, and this, this is the first guy that ever bought my first album. He bought right 50 of them. So well, I got about 50 of them. I still, I'm still digging for them, Johnny. You're going to get them, the originals. <laughs> Do you have a question for Ron? Uh, listen, I, I'm blown away that Ron's on the show on the remote, and uh, I know about Ron uh, from his New York days, WNEW. I was a big guy uh, listening to radio because I had a place out in Staten Island for a while. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, I was uh, Cousin Brucey was my guy, too. Always listening to Cousin Brucey, WABC, and uh, the other the stations he was with, so... I'm just excited, Ron. Keep talking, keep going. I'm keeping the listening going on. Well, thank you very much. I'll bring you a memory of my first time in Minnesota. I had to go out to a radio station and meet a guy by the name of Tack Hammer. Oh, Tack, yeah, KBWB, man. <laughs> yeah, I had, a Peaches, I had a Peaches and Herb record that he didn't want to play, so I went over to Ouija, WDGY, saw Scott Burton, and he played it. Rich, thank you for calling. I'm glad you brought that up. Again, uh, that's Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. We, and he was just getting to the ultimatum, the, the wind, yes. standing at the window, looking yes. out across the street. Finish up your story, Ron. So anyway, Arthur Taylor quickly said to me, I'm not going to approve your deal. And I said, well, let me just tell you something. I had dinner last night with Elton Rule and Leonard Goldenson, the chairman of ABC. They, wanted to, they offered me nice enough the job to be the president with ABC Records. Uh, I'm going to get them to buy Epic Records. See ya. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. And, said, and I went downstairs. I called Walter Yetnikoff, and I said, looks like I'm out of here. And he said, what do you mean? I said, eh, I want to sign the Jacksons. I want Michael Jackson, uh, and I want my staff to have a major artist because Epic did have the Hollies and Bobby Vinton, but we wanted to rebuild that label. And that was going to be the catalyst, as it turned out to be. And I got another phone call, and it's uh, from the chairman of CBS. Frank Sinatra? Yeah. Oh, that's Frank the chairman Sinatra, of the board. Known as oh, Bill sorry. Paley. <laughs> known as William S. Paley. And they wanted to meet with me. So I get upstairs, and uh, I get my deal memo handed to me, and they said, why do you want to sign the Jacksons? And I said, well, anybody can have a number one song singing about a rat. <laughs> Interesting. He looked at me and he said, go make your deal. And then a buddy of mine, uh, as I was playing music too loud at the Lormitage in Los Angeles, Quincy Jones, had Eddie Eckstein knock on my door. And he said, oh, I'm glad it's you. Quincy's next door. He wants to sleep. So we made that introduction. <laughs> wow. But it's all about, it's all about. The people, uh, I want to get back to Neil's question. Um, if I were to get in the business today, Neil, it would be, again, all about singer-songwriters, creative people, uh, people going through the no's to try and make them the yeses. Look at you. Look at you sitting there as creative as you've been, not to embarrass you. And had Vinny not taken me to a bagel place in <laughs> Vegas... And sat down and met you. I would not have met Dennis. I would not have met other people. It's a creative juice. It's it's and just if like Vegas I have. Smart, 
It's just like they have written. I'll let right? you interrupt me once, Neil. Okay. <laughs> I have a, I'm going to interrupt both of you because we have another caller that's calling in, and they have spared okay, every expense. That's more important. That's right. So, caller, thank you for calling Twin Brothers. Please sign in and let us know who you are. Who, me? I'm, uh, my name is Dennis Blair. Dennis Blair is on the phone with us, Ron. Yeah, you got to take care of him. This is his song. I don't spend most of my days thinking about the past. So, Dennis, tell us how you met Ron and uh, what you guys have planned for that song. How I met Ron? I've got to tell you something. Uh, I have not yet met Ron. <laughs> okay, we'll scratch that question. What? <laughs> how did you get in contact with each other? Oh, how we got in contact? Well, there was a guy named uh, Neil Portnoy. I think you might have heard of him. I've heard of him. And um, he uh, he uh, said, hey, there's this guy who uh, is interested in maybe uh, getting uh, together with you and maybe promoting some of your music. And I said, absolutely not. And then Neil <laughs> said, oh, come on. And I said, oh, fine. What's his name? And he gave me his name. And then I called up Ron. And then uh, that's how we got in contact with Neil Portnoy. So, Ron, what do what do you plan on doing with the, the song? You talked about Charlie Daniels. What's the next step? Well, it's not just that song. There's other songs. He's very creative with his partner, singer-songwriter, and he needed to tidy up a little bit, get a publishing company, which I wish him a mazel tough on. Let him be the one to tell you the name of his publishing company, which is about a week old. And uh, we're going to take his songs and his partner's songs and present them to artists to record, along with his own music. I love it. Yes, sir. Neil? Yes, sir. Uh, by the way, the name of the, uh, we, uh, by the way, uh, putting a publishing company together is so much fun. Uh, I think we wound up uh, submitting about 10 names, uh, most of which what we thought, oh, no one would come up with this name. And uh, BMI sent us a letter back going, nope, nope, you can't have any of them. Great. So we just kept coming up with names. And I finally came up with the uh, amazingly uh, creative name of Blairkin, which is uh, my last name and, and my partner's last name combined. And that's how we did that. I'm surprised nobody took that already. They didn't reject that one. I mean, that was creative. Both partners' name, put them together, bingo, done. Yeah, well, I let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how that process is most difficult. It's been easier to name our children than it is to name companies, <laughs> record companies, and publishers. Right. And BMI, BMI, many years ago, someone told me I should start my own publishing company, and I never did. But I submitted a name for the Jewish people out there, and Neil, it's called Kishmir. Oh, no. Oy. Oh, yeah. And they didn't know what the hell that meant. And it's a Jewish <laughs> expression. You understand it. Was the back but, half of that line on side B? <laughs> right, oh, kish, yeah. me, kish me in my yeah. tuchus, exactly Yeah, took us a long time to get here yeah. but, but I have to tell you, the patience of somebody like Dennis Who has these songs I mean, I heard that song, I Miss You George Jones I signed George Jones, okay I don't think he even knew that George and Tammy came to me when they named their first kid I don't know if you know that Tamala no. Georgette how creative. It drove me nuts. <laughs> That's true, Johnny. Right on. Dennis, yeah, thank you for calling in and, and sharing some time with us and how you get hooked up with Ron. We greatly appreciate you taking a few minutes with us. Ron, sure, I, I want to well, ask you. like I'm really busy these days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sell your mugs. Sell your mugs. Thanks, yes, Dennis. I'll do that. I'll do that.
Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate it. I just wanted to quickly say, because one of our listeners uh, chimed in, um, Ron, when you, when you build relationships, because it's all about building relationships, you know, I got you connected with Dennis and Johnny, and you got me connected. It's just the way it works. Is it just business, or do you become good friends with the talent that you're now associated with? That's a great question. Let me just tell you, I've asked many times, and it's unfortunate that I, I don't answer them the way they're looking for it. Who's the greatest artist you ever worked with? Who's your favorite? Okay. Well, I don't have a favorite, but I have family members that I created, and one of them happens to be Charlie Daniels. Why? Charlie was sitting around there like Chris Christopherson, who I worked with at 40 years of age. And if you hear the devil went down to Georgia, or if you hear help me make it through the night, and it doesn't put a tear in your eye or make you want to dance or make love, I don't want to hear it. Okay? And what happened with Charlie is we took him to the convention. He was on Buddha Records. And a guy that made an album for us, John Boylan, who also discovered Linda Ronstadt produced her music, the Eagles produced their music, and a little band called Boston that they shopped and nobody wanted that has, I think now about 60 million units. I said to John, let's take on Charlie Daniels and will you produce this record? And it came up with that song. Charlie goes to Israel all the time, takes a dollar out of his pocket, puts my family's name on it, wow. puts it in the wall. That's a mensch. Wow. And never has asked me for anything, but I go to his concerts. Uh, I show up. He embarrasses me about a guy. I made, I hate to say the word I, because that's very limited in my book. We made a deal. Six albums firm. Johnny can relate to this, to sign him. And he looks at me and he says, why? What are you doing? I said, first album doesn't make it. We'll go to the second. Second album doesn't make it. We'll go to the third. Neil, that's what's different right now. Yep. These record companies want you to have 8 million hits. They want you all over Facebook, Instagram, all the other stuff. They want you to record it, you to produce it, you to write the songs. It's all wrong. They want everything done now. Before the, As far as I understand, I'm, I'm still young to the industry. I'm not as young as I should be. <laughs> but... You were able to develop things before. I mean, I think you touched on something, Ron, and tell me if I'm wrong. It, it's, it's exactly as you're saying, though. They want a finished product so they don't have to uh, take the time or the money to develop that. Is that accurate? Let me tell you, you're right. And what I'm waiting for here in West Hills, where the land is very flat, I'm waiting for some young band, artist, singer, songwriter, to find out where I live, pull up in a flatbed truck, <laughs> and play me their album. <laughs> I'll sign it tomorrow morning. There's something about the Charlie Daniels. I'm, uh, I'm leaving tonight. You're leaving tonight? <laughs> I'm leaving tonight. Sure I'm going to rent a flatbed. I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna... I'll feed you. We're doing a picnic on the lawn. <laughs> I don't need food. I just need you to listen. <laughs> I'll listen. I'm coming. I'm I am coming. listening. I can't imagine there isn't anybody who's watching the show or beyond that when they hear Devil Went Down to Georgia that they are not air violining sure. the song. And, right, exactly, and, and singing the words to this. It was like the uh, uh, Rubber Ducky song before. Who hasn't sung the first few words of you know the Rubber Ducky song? <laughs> I sing it at my shows. I don't doubt it. <laughs> By the way, uh, Ron, you, you mentioned WNEW back east a few times. Like I said, I grew up on a Jonathan Schwartz Sunday That's mornings. It. 
And people, people today find it hard to believe that I grew up listening to the big band music on Sunday mornings with my dad. We'd get that one little cup percolator coffee. He'd go get a bagel and some locks for the Sunday meal for us Jews. And there I'd have Jonathan Schwartz uh, Sunday morning. So that brought back a Before lot of memories. What's that? Nutella. Yeah, exactly. But WNEW was such a, an important part of my promotional life. People would say to me, how do you get a record on WNEW? I said, well, you go up there with some guy named Bruce Springsteen <laughs> and you sit down and you let him tell his story. Wow. And that's what is needed. It wow. is needed. We are only reflections of what the creative juices like Neil and Dennis and Johnny, we are the reflections. And our job was to sit there and get them played on the radio. And if they couldn't back it up live, here's something I said to Clint that is really ironic. In all the years of being proud of that record, I've never seen him perform. Wow. I've never been, I keep hearing from everybody how good he is. Wow. Hey, you know, before you got into music, there's just one little side note here, and then if it's okay with my partners here, I think we getting to know you will be an interesting segment with him. So we'll do that in a little bit. But my question to you is this. You were a professional bowler that won a tournament with a very special gift, did you not, sir? Well, you guys are getting me in trouble. I used to be able to hustle bowling. <laughs> I used to be able to take you guys on a golf course. I used to be able to shoot pool because Willie Moscone – Taught me how to shoot pool. Wow. Yes. I was a very young, fortunate individual to have my dad, God rest his soul, own a bowling alley on the south side of Chicago. Apart from being a butcher, which you'll have to read my book to see who he cut meat for. Jeez. But, yeah. Uh, I won a tournament. I won $3,995. So I had to go from being an amateur to a professional. I took the check with my dad. And I went to Merritt Chevrolet, and I bought a Corvette. What and color was, was it? Pardon me? What color was it? It was white with red leather interior. Wow. My mother called it a whorehouse, <laughs> and, and I had a problem denying it. <laughs> There's one down in Texas right now with your name on it, down in Houston. <laughs> well, I want to tell you something about this guy, Johnny. I've been fortunate in my career to get people to appreciate what we did. When REO's record went to number one, a gold day-date Rolex showed up. I had to return it because you had to re declare it as an income. But the other day, the mailman delivered a Corvette to me. A little red, little white Corvette with red leather interior that Johnny sent me as a little gift of listening to his music. Wow. If that guy doesn't deserve to have success, I don't know who does. Right I agree. Amen. I agree. Amen. Uh, Ron, I'm going to have Neil explain to you the next segment while our producer cues up our, our segment intro here about you being in the spotlight. So let's talk to him about what to expect. Yeah, Ron, we do a segment here on Twin Brothers from Different Mothers called Getting to Know You. It's rapid fire. You really can't think about it. The first thing that comes to your mind, you need to tell us what it is. This should be extremely interesting in the years that we've been doing this because I've, we've gotten to know each other uh, pretty well over the, the last six, seven months or maybe shorter than, I don't know, it seems like forever. But here is our new segment called Getting to Know You. With that, I'm gonna turn it over to Aaron. Watch your monitors. You, getting to know all 
All right, so here we go. We're getting to know you on a different level, Ron. Quick, rapid fire. Some of these questions are going to be difficult, I think, for you to answer because I think you've alluded to them already. But favorite all-time actor? Oh, my God. Marlon Brando. All right, that's good. That's a good one. Favorite actress of all time? Judy Garland. Uh, did you see the movie Judy? Love it. You did? Okay. Did not like that she accepted an Academy Award and didn't mention Judy's name once. Oh, wow. And yes. I also signed Lorna Luff, Judy's daughter. Wow. Favorite all-time movie that when it comes on, you are dropping everything, popping popcorn, getting your favorite adult beverage, tuning the world out to watch what movie? My wife has watched it 200 times, <laughs> at least The Godfather. Wow. Well, that's where Marlon Brando Marlon comes in. Brando. There's that's a connection. Correct. All right. All right, here's a $60,000 question that I'm afraid you may have to pass on, and you certainly can if you choose to. What is your favorite music genre? 60s. Oh, okay. Favorite all-time song when it comes on in your car. You're rolling up the windows, and you're bebopping, and you don't care what the cars are saying about you in it's their not car. Enough temp it's not an up-tempo song. It's Yesterday Coupled with Imagine. Oh, wow. Yesterday Very Imagine. Very interesting. Beatles, yeah. Beatles stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Okay, first I want to give a disclaimer to everybody listening that if you're under the age of 21, cover your ears for about five seconds. Your question, sir. Favorite all-time curse word? Fuck. If, <laughs> you, you said that with such such, such pills, Yeah, with vigor in that one. All right. If money were no object, sir, what is the all-time vehicle car that you would love to see parked in your driveway someday? 57 Corvette. I think I know this one. Yeah. Red interior. White with red interior. Red leather interior. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter what color. How's that sound? Oh, there you go. There you go. Best vacation ever taken thus far? Hawaii. Bucket list vacation you haven't been to yet? Mm, Greece. Okay. Mm. Favorite all-time meal, top to bottom, beginning with an appy? Italian. What are you crazy? Okay. <laughs> you notice most Jews like Italian food. I just like like us all. I mean, is it is it Ron Alexenberger? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it ended a bowel though. What happened? Exactly. Well, here it comes. Here it comes. I'm an Italian Jew. I don't know whether to buy it or steal it. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Steal it at a discount rate, if nothing else, of course. Absolutely. Return <laughs> it if you don't like it for cash. That's right. Favorite Las Vegas themed thing to do when you come here that you like to do to relax? Oh my God, White Castle hamburgers. They blew them out of New York. I miss them. But anybody that can give me the remembrance of the small dinner clubs, which I hope you guys go back to. I agree. White Castle, also courtesy known, Rat Burgers. <laughs> belly bombs. Yeah, belly bombs. Belly bombs. That's right. That's uh, let's see. When when folks, when you come to Vegas and <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, we got to send a bill to White Castle now for their sponsorship. But anyway, when when you come to Vegas or people know you've come to Vegas, what is the one thing that you recommend that people do when they come to Las Vegas? Uh, enjoy the city and the energy and the beauty that is there. Not the hype of the gambling, but the entertainment. That's fair, especially now whenever we reopen. That's a very important thing to do. Be careful, be careful how they reopen. Yes. All right, last question before you're off the hot seat, sir. What career would you have done if you have not been doing what you're doing now in music? What other career would you have liked to have started? I started out to be a criminal lawyer. Really? Yeah. Wow. I got rejected. 
I got rejected because they said I was too opinionated. <laughs> to, be a lawyer, to, be, to be a lawyer, you have to be a judge. And the judge, the lawyer said to me, if a woman is in front of you being beaten up, what do you want to do to the husband? I said, kill him. Oh, my goodness. Hey, why we have Ron on? No, no. That, hey, listen, you know what? I, I, I don't disagree with you personally. I have a, you know, as long as we have Ron on and we're kind of coming around that clubhouse turn a little bit. There's two things I wanted to talk about the opening of the show. Sure. You know, our headline stuff. But I would love to get Ron's uh, opinion on as long as we have him. Number one, uh, I see you're wearing a White Sox cap. Uh, I'm a Yankee fan. And things are slated to still go on August 13th at the Field of Dreams ballpark. Do you, I would love to see that happen. What's your thoughts about using the Field of Dreams ballpark for a major league game? I can prove what I'm about to say to you. Okay. I drove my car from New York to California with my cousin from Chicago, and he said, where are we going? I said, I, I want to go to the Field of Dreams. Wow. So we drove to the Field of Dreams. I got there at 430. It was my 75th birthday the next day. Wow. I ran the bases. It's on video. I went into the cornfields, and I cry every time that last line of that movie when he says, hey, Dad, wanna have you want to have a catch? I got, I got a question. Your 75th birthday, so in other words, you finished running the bases when you turned 76, correct? <laughs> no, 77 was. <laughs> All right. There was an article that I saw today. Uh, you know, America, uh, we average about 160 bowls of cereal per person a year. 160 bowls. Wow. So I saw an article of the top 16 cereal brands. Of all time. By the way, the cereal industry is a $35 billion industry right now with projections right in 2020, uh, 2025 going to like $50 billion. But anyway, here are the top five. And then I would love to know where you fall on this, Ron. Are you a cereal guy, first of all? Yes. Okay. So you'll tell me if your favorite cereal hits the top five I'm going to share. Number five, Honey Bunches of Oats. No. Okay. Number Number four, Frosted Mini Wheats. Nope. No. Number three, Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Nope. No. Number two, Frosted Flakes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Number one. <laughs> you waited till Neil said yes first, didn't you? Hey, I'm a promotion man. I don't say the wrong thing. <laughs> Number one on the list was Honey Nut Cheerios. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, the regular Cheerios was about like uh, 15, 16. Rice Krispies was yeah. up, right? Rice Krispies was at like 12 or 13. I'm surprised Wheaties did not make the list. Raisin Bran. Yeah, I was just going to say to you, when you're young, it's Wheaties. When you're my age, it's Raisin Bran. (laughs) (laughs) I just said Raisin Bran. Anything with Bran. (laughs) Other notable cereals on the list at number 16 was Lucky Charms. Number 13 was Fruity Pebbles. And number 9 was Fruit Loops. Are we seeing a theme with those three cereals? (laughs) Yeah, really. Sugar, 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 right? (laughs) Ronnie Dante. Yes. Sugar, sugar. <laughs> exactly. Last news item, which I know everybody probably saw, and it was talked about when we lost the uh, draft here in Vegas previously. 2022 NFL draft will be coming back to Las Vegas. Are you a football guy, Ron? You might say that. The Bears. Uh, some, guy, some guy named Dick Butkus and I went to high school oh, together. just a little. That's not bad. Not bad. So, so it's, I mean, Just so you understand, it's the Bears, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, the White Sox. Oh, I see a little Chicago. Where's the Cubs in that? <laughs> Forget them. The only, they don't belong. The only question I had is I heard the Bears, 
the Blackhawks, yeah. the, 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 and then I heard the White Sox. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny. Well, we know you're a Red Sox fan. So, I am. You know. And yet he and I still managed to coexist on the show with me being a Yankee <laughs> fan. Johnny. I'm just a struggling Vikings fan. But, <laughs> but I, I was going to school in down, uh, just outside, outside downtown St. Paul when the Twins won the World Series both times. Uh, <laughs> and so I, the, the, in 1991, I, I would bike to every game. I, I was able to buy tickets, and then I scalped them to pay for a semester. Um, so I got to see wow. every every, um, every World Series game in 1991 and 1987, and I got about 400 cups from the 1987. Wow. I got kicked out of every game at the end because as everybody was leaving, I was stacking cups. I figured I could make a mint out sure. of this and pay for college. Were, wow. they, were they Johnny Bird cups? Or? No, they weren't. They weren't. Uh, you mean you mean this one here? Yeah, that one right you there. The this, Johnny uh, Bird mug. Thing. Oh, it, everything tastes better with a Neil Portnoy, Portnoy.com mug. Ron's got one. Aaron's got one. Dennis Blair's got one, so buy, buy them at Portnoid.com. Hey, because the owner of the studio here can shut us off at any moment, <laughs> I am required to share this piece of news. He is from Texas, Laredo, so, of course, he's a Dallas Cowboys fan. Oh, sorry. 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 So, so Ron, if, if he shuts us down, I understand you have a podcast studio that's being built in your house soon. We may have to relocate Twin Brothers. <laughs> You guys are welcome. Come here. That's what we ought to do. We ought to do a remote show field from trip. the studio. Yeah, we can do a field trip. I'll, we can do it from I'll the flatbed that I'm renting tonight. <laughs> and I'm going to be in California tomorrow afternoon <laughs> singing. And I'm gonna, I'm, I'll give you, I'll do the, the, the original stuff during the day. Then I'll give you that small, intimate uh, Sinatra-type club event on the street, socially distanced away from you in the evening. <laughs> Uh, you're you're more than welcome to come here and share locks, eggs, and onions, oh. and use the bathroom. Oh. oh yeah. Oh, I do have to ask you this question though, from the Jewish buffet style: kippered salmon or sable? Sable. Really? And if you can find sturgeon, <laughs> yes, that's the one. Really, to me, it's kippered salmon, but that's okay. Well, I'll still... tell you what. Go you ahead. Gotta give, you got to give Costco a standing ovation. They've got the smoked white fish that they get from Brooklyn. And I fillet it with gloves on and no bones. Hebrew national salami, right? Maybe. Kosher Zion's <laughs> a little bit better. Really? But I'll tell you, I'll tell you who made it big, Portillo's. Do you guys have Portillo's out there? No. Well, Google just bought them for a billion dollars starting out with hot dogs. Holy cow. Vienna Ma hot dogs. That's it. And Major League Baseball will buy them next, along with Rawlings. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I'll tell you. This Major League Baseball and the NBA, I mean, I'm sure you're watching the story of uh, The Last Dance. Oh, yep. next episode's coming up tomorrow, two, three, Watch and four. Dennis Rodman. I know Dennis very well. Right I, want, I want Neil Port now to meet Dennis Rodman. Well, listen, only if he takes me to North Korea to meet Kim. No, no, no. no, no. He, may not Never be, mind. he may not be around long enough anyway for that. Right. That's a whole other no. topic. Oh, my. Yeah, his daughter, his daughter will. Well, maybe you can help us get Dennis Rodman on Twin Brothers with you sometime. I don't know if you want him, but I'll ask. We're on the Internet. Everything is free here. We're not the FCC bound. I want to. I want to hear more. I enjoy this. I thank you for having me. Well, we will definitely do this again. Rest assured, and of course, with your support, with Johnny and and his song uh, "Alone Together," uh, it's a great project that I know. Although Neil and I are not singers, we do have a small cameo at the at the beginning, 
or wherever he's got us cut into it, probably just picking up trash at the end of everything. But uh, it's an honor to be part of that, and we look forward for Johnny's success and everybody that's involved in that. It's a, it's a Vegas love project. You don't, you don't, if I can add, you don't have to be a great singer. I promoted two records and two careers. Johnny Cash with a boy named Sue was not a great singer. That was oh, a number one record. There you go. And if you talk about Bob Dylan, he wrote the songs. He didn't have to sing. So there's hope for me. <laughs> yes. So Alone Together is the song, right, Johnny? Yeah, I, I've been, the technical issues have just been killing me. Um, and also, I just got some more uh, film last night. So okay. I was editing up until about 2 o'clock. I wanted to have it released today, but giving me one more week gives me a chance to, uh, to sweet-talk Ron. Maybe he can do a little, uh, little, little something at the beginning uh, uh, um, as uh, you know, such, a, such an influential person in the music business. Just a kind little of a shout out. Little promo. Uh, yeah. Kind of like a Phil Rizzuto in the middle of, you know, Dashboard Light by Meatloaf kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. And where, oh, hold on, wise guy. At what point did he say that? Who said what? What, at what, I gave him a gold record, Phil Rizzuto. What point did he say, that boy's going to go all the way tonight, tonight's tonight. What, oh, when did he say that? The, they were Rounding in the. third base. I wanted third base. I tried to steal it. I tried <laughs> to get the Yankee logo oh. on a base. <laughs> <laughs> very good well listen ron we we won't take up any more of your time we do look forward though to having you coming back on in the very near future we love having you on and sharing your stories about an industry that none of us really could delve into like you do and the stars and entertainers that you've brought up to light we greatly appreciate you sharing some backstory all i can add to Thank that Aaron. all i can add to that um ron uh really appreciate you doing this i'm glad that I've been able to, and you've been able to, and Johnny and Clint and Dennis connect, build relationships. I love the fact that this has become really the senior tour. <laughs> Think about that. It's the senior tour, but it really, nothing has changed. You know what? You, you, ability you're born with, you learn technique, you enhance that technique with repetition, repetition, repetition. Do it, do it again, do it again, do it again. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Ron. Have a good rest of your day. What a great time. Ron Alexenberg joins us. Music magician, music man, Hall of Famer. Greatly appreciate him taking his time with us today. All right. So we're about to wrap up here. Um, again, we want to thank everybody out there for watching. More importantly, we, again, we want to thank all the first responders, medical staff, and everybody that's out there. We send our love and thank you for all your support. Johnny, closing comments on today's show, sir. What a thrill to have a, a legendary person in the music business like Ron and, of course, a, a couple of legends here in Vegas uh, with Neil and Aaron. It's, a, it's such an honor to be a part of, uh, part of this. And, of course, Aaron over here off the screen, um, the twin Aarons uh, and the twin <laughs> brothers. Um, man, it's, I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else on earth but right here, right now. I just love the fact that today I was Neil Portnoy, Portney, and Portnow. <laughs> you know that? I was like three people today. I loved it. Well, at great. least you're not Port Later. I'm not Port Later. <laughs> That's right. Or Portnoy. And I Portnoyed myself. Never mind. You Kelly did. Yeah. Ke Kelly Vaughn, thank you very much for jumping into the chat room. Teresa, I got you on our list. You're going to be coming on soon. And everybody out there, we appreciate you. Johnny Bird has a list of folks that we want to have on as future guests. By the way, Portnoy.com. Support your local entertainers, everybody from, from Aaron Phillips to who you got for Z, like A to Z. Who's your last one? Zoe Bowie. Zoe Bowie. There you go. From Aaron to Zoe, for Johnny in between, for Portnoy, and maybe someday soon we'll get an Aaron Ellicus uh, go-live mug on there. Who knows? 
Anyway, for all of us here, again, please be safe, be happy, stay focused on those around you who may need your help, and uh, we're going to send you out on a little treat, once again, talking about the mugs. We'll see you next week right here on Twin Brothers from Different Mothers on Facebook. Enjoy. Have a great week, everybody. Being an out-of-work entertainer during this pandemic shutdown and the entertainment capital of the world, it's, it's not easy. In fact, it's, it's damn hard. It's not just here, but everywhere. Comedians are struggling. Even the pimps and hoes have had to adapt. So being on the street and desperate, you have to find that inner spark, that creativity to, to keep pushing forward. You never know where your next guitar is going to come from. The truth is, you just have to go out there every night and keep pushing. Never give up. Sometimes the difference between a good night and a bad night is in the sign that you make. I've tried little ones. And big ones. I even tried to learn to spin. So now it's just, it's just me and my mug. Out here every night trying to do what I can for my family. But there is hope, and you can help. For the cost of a, of a really expensive cup of coffee at Starbucks, you help keep a starving artist off the streets. At Portnoy.com, every mug you purchase feeds an out-of-work entertainer for a week. You can choose from 66 of your favorite Las Vegas personalities and not only get a high-quality 11-ounce mug from world-famous illustrator and artist Neil Portnoy, but also that, that warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you're making the world a better place. So it's your choice. Either buy a mug at Portnoy.com or risk seeing us on the streets. It's up to you. At the Copa, 
Copacabana, the hottest spot north of here at the Copa. Give me that f***ing boa. You're not Barry Manilow. Now get your ass back in the house. Copa. Copa. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming.